Good morning. My name is Denise, and I'm one of the elders, and I will be reading your, in your presence this morning Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple, and above him were the seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling one to another, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord Almighty. <clears throat> the whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphims flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is wiped out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for me? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Amen. You may be seated. God's presence is so good. The atmosphere of heaven is peace. <laughs> In his presence, there's peace, even when people aren't at peace around us. Amen. Amen. He's good. I want to welcome you here today. If you're visiting, there are some beautiful, big orange cards at the back of the seats. If you'd fill that out, put it in the offering plate or take it back to the connection table. Um, the best way for us to connect is through email, so that will let you know things that are happening and going on. Um, also, there's things going on all through the week. Um, most of them kind of naturally practice social distancing because there's not that many people in each one. So we're not over um, big thresholds. Um, but those things are going on. The last um, class for Wednesday is this Wednesday. And then there's two Wednesdays that we have off. And then we have new classes um, starting in April. Um, I want to say uh, there's some work we need to do in the house today. The church needs to know who she is when our culture's in crisis. And so there's some spiritual work we need to do in the house today, just in pressing through uh, for our city, for our nation, for the world. Um, nothing takes God by surprise, amen? So after we give them the offering, it serves me a little bit different today. Um, we're gonna do worship, we're gonna do the word, uh, but we wanna take some time to press into worship initially. Yeah? And just press through. How many of you kind of feel like everyone's lost their minds this week? How many of you at some point? And that's not a criticism of, of plans or implementations. It's just the world seems to have gone a bit crazy this week. Right? Normal things have become like abnormal. So uh, we want to press into God uh, because when people are in fear, the best stuff doesn't show up. How many of you have found that? And when you have a culture in fear, uh, people can get kind of crazy like fist fights over toilet paper crazy, right? So we need to do our job.
because we know spiritually that's where things really move, right? So we're going to do our job. So after the um, offering, we're going to press into some worship, and I want to encourage you, if you want to come up front, you're welcome to come up front. If you want to stay in your seat, sit or stand. If you want to come kneel at the altar, whatever you want to do, but we're going to position our hearts. You know how to best position your heart so you can focus on the Lord. Amen? Right? Sometimes we've actually got to just kind of move to get focused on the Lord and press into Him. So we're going to press in a bit before we come to the Word. And I'm going to ask if um, the prayer team, if you don't mind coming um, toward the front, we're going to have a time of prayer, and I'm going to have you guys uh, be a part of that. So um, if you don't mind moving toward the front as we worship, uh, we're going to exercise some prayer before we go to the Word, too. Um, And so let's take some time. I know we're going to take up the offering, and let's press into the Lord. Amen. clean it up because we're taking care of it like it's ours. But when it's deep down, it's not ours. And so when something needs repairs or there's a leak in the roof, I don't need to take care of it. Property owners take care of that. I'm not worrying about property tax and new assessment coming up because I don't directly pay that. And if there's a sewer issue, well, it's inconvenient, but someone else is worrying about that. There's freedom in that. And God is a little bit like that here in the world with us. God owns everything. He made everything. He owns everything us steward some of the stuff. We may think we own it, it feels like we own it, but in the end, God owns everything. And if you run with that analogy a little bit, tithe is a little bit like our rent. It's our acknowledging this isn't ours, it's yours, and you're in charge. You're Lord of everything. And the thing is with tithe, it's more than that. It's a form of worship. It's a form of joy to say, you know what, God, you are in charge, and I want to partner with what you're doing. Whatever you're doing, I want to be there with it. And if anything comes up, a problem, you know what, God, you got it. It's your problem. And I'll just ride along and do what I need to do. But in the end, God's in control, and it's our way of acknowledging that. Which There's such freedom in that, in knowing that we get to partner with the creator of the universe. Such amazing stuff. So if you'll stand with me, we'll do our offering declaration and then take up our tithes and offerings. As we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales, and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decreased, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. your offering. This is the section where we're really going to press in together. So feel free to come on up. Feel free to find your own space with the Father. Amen. And prayer team as well. You're welcome to come on up. In darkness 
tries to roll over my bones When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own With brokenness and pain is all I know But I won't be shaken I won't be shaken My fear, no, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Shame no longer has a place to hide. I am not a captive to the lies. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. I won't be shaken. I won't be shaken. Come on, let's sing it out. My fear. Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Come on, let's sing that again. My fear, we say, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I. Stand in your love, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. This power, this power that can break off every chain. This power that can empty out a grave. Come on, Jesus. There's resurrection power that can save. There's power in your name. Power in your name. There's power that can break off every chain. Oh, there's power. There's power that can empty out a grave. Resurrection power. There's resurrection power that can save. There's power in your name. Power in your name. My fear. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I Stand in your love, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Come on, oh my fear, oh my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear. Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Oh, this power, we say, this power that 
have tasted and seen all the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is Glory of your goodness. 
just become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become, let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your
your mercy never fails me and all my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay in my head I will see of the goodness of God
I know some of the folks uh, who are part of our family, church family, they're immunocompromised, so they're not here today. So we want to pray for them, right? We want to pray for them. Um, none of them are sick. We want to pray over them. So um, if we could actually have some folks um, maybe just even stand in for them. Sally, come on down. We want to pray over Dave. Just all of Dave's organs and body needs to be healed to begin with. <laughs> We're believing. Dave, I've told him many times, you're our guinea pig, Dave. We're going to have breakthrough. And it's going to be in every organ of your body. <laughs> you'll, be our, you'll be our breakthrough. We're going to pray for him. I know he's home. Um, I know Dennis and Elaine are home. If somebody would come and stand in for Dennis and Elaine. Um, we're going to pray over you as though you are them. If somebody would do that. Anybody willing to stand in for Dennis and Elaine? Come on up, Shana. Also, Phil DeMusto. Um, he's had the pneumonia for um, over a month. Um, so he's in a bad condition to come into a season where there's infection. So anybody willing to stand in for Phil? You'll be Phil in the house. Come on up, Jeff. I know uh, folks listen to the podcast. And so Phil and Lisa, if you're listening, we're praying over you. Different ones who are listening, we're praying over you. Um, anyone in the house, you, um, in this season, you're like, I could just use prayer, just physically, physical body. Anyone in their physical body needs prayer, come on up. In this season with all these things being talked about in the news, for some of you, maybe what you need prayer for isn't physical, but um, anxiety, maybe, um, and fear. You'd like prayer. Um, come on up. We're going to knock this out. So if you're representing somebody, come on together here in the middle. Anybody else want prayer for physical? Physical healing. Jesus paid for all of it. <laughs> all of our healing, spiritually, mentally, physically, Mentally, if you found yourself in a place of anxiety and fear this week, come on up. We're going to pray over you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Nancy's standing in. Maybe Jamie, um, her daughter-in-law, it's her mom, has third stage kidney disease. They found out yesterday. So Nancy, we're praying over you. So prayer team, if you just around the folks. Jeff, come on up. I think you're Phil today, right? Come on up. <laughs> yes, Ken and Sue. Did I forget them? Ken, um, Ken had surgery, and he got shingles from the surgery. So he's in a lot of pain. Of course, you know, his immune system is very low. Lucas, come on up and be Ken. He has more hair than you, but... Not by a whole lot. Lucas will be Ken for us today. You guys lay hands on Lucas and we pray for Ken and Sue. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus, your word says you were bruised for our iniquities. With your stripes, we are healed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your finished work on the cross. Jesus, we just pray now over everyone who's responded here physically and also those who can't be here right now in Jesus' name. We pray, God, for bodies that are strong, not just for this season, but God, anything that's been happening in those bodies, in organs in those bodies, um, in lungs, in tendons and joints and muscles. In Jesus' name, we pray for wholeness and healing now. In Jesus' name. 
We pray for bodies to be straightened, organs to be functioning at full capacity. We pray for all disease to go in Jesus' name. We have been delivered from the curse, (laughs) redeemed image bearers of God. And we know in the end, everything will be finished, but you have said to pray for these things now. That your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're not just waiting for heaven. You taught us to pray, Jesus, on earth as it is in heaven. So whatever isn't going to exist in heaven, cancer, disease, sickness, coronavirus, we just pray right now in Jesus' name that it would go in Jesus' name on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Everybody represented in Jesus' name. And God, not just for a temporary healing, because we do rejoice in that. Obviously, we need that. But Father, we want our, even our bodies to be testimonies that bring glory to your name. That we have a story to tell of an encounter with the living God. We're walking around proof <laughs> that you exist and that you're good and that you are calling to every single person to come home. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I just want to go into a um, just prayer um, for our city, for our government. If one of our prayer team members will take that one. I also want to pray over... um, the nations and our missionaries in nations right now that are hard hit. We've got missionaries in Italy and China and all over who are ministering right now to those who are sick. So if another prayer team member would take that, praying for the nations and our missionaries. And then third, we just want to pray that God reorders our lives. When schedules change and and all the pieces get thrown up in the air, you know, there's this opportunity for them to land in a different place (laughs) that's good and right and in line with God and his will. And so I just want to pray for that just as even as our whole culture is is out of step with their normal routine, that God will be at work. So those three things. One, we want to pray over our city and our nation. We want to pray over missionaries. We want to pray over um, just the Holy Spirit to be speaking and guiding people in this time. So um, I have an arrangement with prayer team members or prayer team members. Um, Who wants to take... Our city and our nation. Who wants that? Prayer team. Okay, coming up, Becky. And then who's going to take praying for our missionaries and the nations? Matt. And then reordering of our lives and our culture. This is a chance for the Holy Spirit to move and reorder our lives. Tim, how about you for that one? All right. Okay, come on up, Becky. <laughs> come on up. Father God, we just lift up the city of Jackson right now. Everywhere we go, there's just panic. And the spirit of fear is running rampant right now, Father God. And it's being allowed to run rampant over social media, in the workplaces, Father God. Even churches shutting down out of 
the spirit of fear being governed our governor even just speaking fear into our lives father god and we're just we're not partnering with the spirit of fear and we're speaking against it it's not welcome in this house it's not welcome in our homes jesus and just even earlier this week just praying over our home and just just spreading the blood of jesus over the doorpost father god just in exodus and uh, we're <laughs> that um that just that wave, that plague that comes through, Father God, and it sees the blood over our doorpost, Father God, and it passes by. And in each home, every single person that goes home, Father God, that they would just represent the blood of Jesus in their own homes, Father God, but that we would also, in the city of Jackson, Father God, that we would represent your blood because it speaks a better word, and we just speak it over the city of Jackson right now, Father God, that there is no spirit of fear, Father God. You haven't given us a spirit of fear, and we're just speaking... We're just speaking your blood, speaking a better word in the city of Jackson, Father God, in our nation, in our world right now, Father God, we just speak it over everyone we come into contact with, Father God, that we can just speak hope in just a, just a spirit of healing, Father God, a spirit of healing in our minds and the fear that is gripping us, Father God, and we just speak it right now. Thank you, Lord, your arm is not slack concerning your promises. Thank you, Lord, that your commission has not been absolved, that we are still called to go forth into all the world. Go forth regardless of obstacles, regardless of infirmities, regardless of, of issues that come against us, whether social or, or medical. Father, we thank you that your arm is still strengthening us. Father, we pray for the, the churches in Italy. We pray for Pastor Rick Pasquale being not able to meet physically, Lord. We thank you for healing amidst, the, amidst that congregation. We thank you and trust you for that. We thank you for strength of conviction that will grow even larger and more passionate, Father. We thank you in advance for your guidance upon the missionaries as they're dealing in the different cultural applications, Father. In China and in Italy, we trust you. And in other areas of Europe that have been affected, we thank you for your spirit of calm, your spirit of wholeness, your spirit of joy to invade people's lives and this to be actually used as a springboard to draw people back to your faith to draw people back to your strength, your healing power. We thank you for your protection upon our foreign missionaries in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that your word is true. We thank you that you're our rock, that we can put our trust in you. And in times of confusion, Father, we can rely on you. You're our strength. You're our shield. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that focus will be on you, not on anything we see. For faith is seeing things as you see them, not as we see them. Lord, we thank you that you are our shield, that we have you all around us. And Father, use this time to bring our focus on you, in Jesus' name, open eyes. Open our spiritual eyes to see what you're doing. Open our hearts that they become tender to your move. Open our minds that we're focused and stayed on you. Give us direction. Give us purpose. Let us walk uprightly before you, Lord. Let people see us 
as, as a sign, as a beacon, Lord. Somebody to come to when they have confusion. Bring peace in our land. In the name of Jesus, we go against the coronavirus right now. We command it. You have a name and you have to bow before the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, we call you out. Spirit of confusion, we cast you out. We call peace, comfort, the love of Jesus Christ in our land. In Jesus' name, amen. Is 
presence is good. Amen. 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 Well, if you can, you may be seated. It's good to press in sometimes, just to keep pressing into his presence. The word says the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. He actually comes and manifests when his people worship him, and sometimes it's good just to press in, and we're gathered together. And as you press in, as you turn your heart towards him, how many of you can, you can just feel a difference? There's like some Sundays when everyone comes like ready to worship and you can feel it in the room, right? A heart to just turn toward him. I want to encourage you, if you're here today and um, as you're praying for healing or um, praying about the coronavirus, um, and maybe you're still investigating what you think about Jesus, and um, we pray for healing uh, because Jesus heals people like supernaturally, physically heals people. And that might be a new thing. And so maybe it's confusing here to pray and it, you're wondering what to do with that. Um, we have with our own eyes seen Jesus heal completely blind eyes, completely blind eyes open, like not over time and not through surgery, like in a moment they couldn't see, the next moment eyes were open. Like we've seen that. We've seen cancer leave bodies. We've seen growth. There was a few years ago, there was a lady who had a growth um, huge growth in her neck, and as she was getting prayed for, um, the growth was disappearing. Like, we've seen that happen. So once you know what he does, we've seen, like, kidney disease, forced leave people's bodies. We've just seen that happen. We've seen it happen. So why doesn't it happen every time? Why isn't every single person healed? I don't know. I don't know. Um, and there's no theology of why not. So I kind of feel like let's not create one. How about we just keep doing what he commanded us to do? It says, when people are sick, pray for the sick, and let's just keep believing him. Um, he gave us a mission to proclaim his kingdom and then demonstrate the goodness of his kingdom, he said, by healing the sick, raising the dead, delivering the oppressed. You see it in Mark 16. Every time he sends out people to do ministry, he says, preach the kingdom, then heal the sick, raise the dead, deliver the oppressed. Every single time. When he sends out the 12, when he sends out the 72, in John 16, when he's about to ascend, right all through, this is what he says that we should do. So that's the mission. Proclaim his kingdom and then demonstrate the goodness of his kingdom. Healing the sick, raising the dead, delivering the oppressed. 
So here's the deal. Jesus, every single person he prayed for for healing got healed. That's not true for us yet. Like there's people we prayed for that haven't gotten healed. There's people we prayed for who have supernaturally immediately gotten healed. But here's the deal. We don't have the right to change the mission because we're not very good at it yet. <laughs> we don't have a right to change the mission because we're not very good at it yet. Right? Um, I have three boys. When they were learning how to walk, they would take one step and we'd be like, oh my word, take a picture, it's amazing. Right? They took one step and they'd fall down. And we weren't like, what a loser. <laughs> what a loser. Can't vacuum the floor yet, right? We celebrated the one step. We were so excited, right? Any parent in the room knows this is true. And then they learn how to take two and three, and you sit and watch them all night and see what, right? That's exciting. And I feel like that's the joy of the Father in us. When we believe him and we start saying, we're just going to go after what you said, and we may not be very good at it yet. Maybe we take a step and we <laughs> fall down and we're like, hmm. I thought my thigh muscles worked that way, but they, I guess they don't always work. You know, we're tr still figuring out how to take multiple steps. And at some point, we're going to be able to walk really good and scoot on the furniture really good. And then at some point, we're going to be able to run. But if you stop after you fall down after taking one step, you will never run. <laughs> so we're going to pray and believe for the things that God says are true. We're seeing them. We just know there's a whole lot more. And we don't have a right to change the mission because we're still learning how to walk. Yeah? How you doing? Good? The few, the brave. All right. Um, I have a real simple word because um, I knew when to press in for worship. We're going to pray um, together today. So I have a real simple word. We're going to start in Matthew 6. Um, this is the lead-up time for Easter. Usually, like the four weeks before Easter, we get to do all the really fun work because we're just talking about Jesus, which is so much fun. Um, obviously, some things going on in our culture require us to address certain issues, so I'm kind of like, man, maybe we'll spend all May talking about Jesus' life, too, because I feel like we're not going to get to, I don't know, this is the funnest part of the year for me, just Jesus all the time in his stories, you know, leading up to Easter. So um, I'm going to teach from his teaching today from Matthew 6, and then we'll, we'll move through it just fairly quickly. Matthew 6, verses 24 through 34. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The word there is mammon. It's actually a spirit. How many of you have ever been gripped by fear because of money? And it's more than just like adding the numbers, like, oh, that doesn't work. You actually could feel like gripped, right? We've all probably felt that at some point. And there's a spirit behind that that really can get a hold of you um, and begin to run your life. And it doesn't matter if you're poor or rich. You can be in the grip of that. And what is money really about? It's about putting our faith in physical things. Because money can't actually do anything for you. Like the actual green paper. I guess you could sleep on it maybe if you had enough of it, right? You could. What, what does it represent? It represents security to us. It represents stuff that I want. 
So money isn't about money. It's about the things that capture our heart that that money can buy us. Maybe it's status that we feel like is attached to money. And you know that you're in the grip of it when your sleep is better as your bank account grows. You know what I'm saying? There are ways we get tied to it and our faith becomes in that thing. But the fact is, that security is an illusion. That security is an illusion. There are 26 confirmed cases of coronavirus in Michigan that I know of, 26, right? And you've already had hundreds, maybe thousands of people lose their jobs. If you work concessions at an NBA game, your job's gone right now. Your income's not coming in, and you weren't salaried. There's no working remote from home, right? So there are already people desperately affected who two weeks ago had no idea that was going to be the state of their financial affairs. The security we think we have. A few years ago, when Greece needed a bailout from the EU, every single person woke up in Greece who had a bank account one Friday morning, and the government had taken 20% of their bank accounts. Just went in and took the money out of everyone's bank account, 20% across the board. Security in anything but Jesus is an illusion. It's an illusion. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't be wise with money and we shouldn't be wise with things and we shouldn't be wise, right? But I'm just saying there are things way beyond our control. How are you doing? So Jesus says, listen, you've got to make a decision. Either you serve him or you serve things for your security, but you can't serve both. You will despise one or the other if you're trying to serve both. How are you doing? It gets better. Here we go. <laughs> that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. And why worry about these things? Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as these lilies. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So Jesus isn't saying don't worry, because if your faith is good enough, nothing bad will happen. Right? That's not what he's saying. He's saying, yeah, today has trouble. Don't borrow trouble from tomorrow that could happen to worry about today. 
because we face troubles today. As people of faith, we don't have faith because nothing bad will happen to us. We have faith because we know the one who's ordered our steps. He has decided when I would be born and when I would die, not coronavirus. It doesn't mean that believers won't die of coronavirus, but the confidence comes from I'm not in some random crapshoot, and if I just worry enough and I'm careful enough, I can control it. My faith is in my ability to control the universe. That's a very insecure place to be. My faith is in the fact that, in the fact that my steps have been ordered of him, and my peace comes from knowing nothing will take him by surprise. So I can seek first his kingdom. I can seek first his righteousness. I can live in kindness toward my neighbor during times of insecurity because my peace comes from him. Doesn't mean we're not wise. Doesn't mean we don't use the hand sanitizer, right? And be good neighbors to each other. But we're not run by fear. And we're not worried about trouble that could come. Trouble comes. Trouble comes. But he has ordered your steps on good days and bad days. <laughs> he has ordered your steps. And if you follow him, that's the fastest and best way through whatever trouble you face. Okay, Isaiah 26, 3 through 4. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you Trust in the Lord forever. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for in the Lord is everlasting strength. Where does our peace come from? Do you naturally just have it because you're a believer? How many of you are believers and you're like, I've had days I didn't have peace. What does it say? You will keep him in perfect peace whose Mind is stayed on you. How do, I, how do I navigate difficult situations? How do I navigate life when everybody else is going crazy? What does the word say? What does the word say about the situation? What is true about God in the situation? That's where the peace comes from. The peace doesn't come from the worry. The peace doesn't come, you know, we worry because we, where does worry come from? If I can just figure out all the scenarios, I won't have to worry. That's where worry comes from, right? How many of you have a plan for like someone breaks in your house? It's not bad to have a plan for that. But I can remember when I was single, I had roommates and none of us, none of us would have harmed an intruder probably. Um, so I had a plan. I have a cello, <laughs> and I was like, the end of that cello, if you take the little thing off, you could maybe, I don't know. <laughs> that was my plan. Now, unzipping the cello and like getting it out, I don't know. Not a great plan, but that was my plan. I have a cello. I could put it in the neck. Um, <laughs> not bad to have a plan necessarily, but you know what? Sometimes I would lay in bed and be like, Okay, so if they break in that window, I would have 30 seconds, right? That's not productive. If I could just think through the scenario and imagine myself killing the person, I'll feel so much better at night. No, I never did. Never helped me. 
Being wise, having a plan isn't bad, but that's not what worry does. Worry is telling us if I can just think through every scenario, if I can just think through, well, they're going to say this, then I'm going to say that, then they're probably going to say this, then I'll say that. How many of you had conversations that went really badly because you rehearsed it? There are times I can tell you specifically where I thought this conversation is going to go this way. So I rehearsed all the things I'm going to say when they say that, because they're a jerk, right? Um, they're going to say this, I'll say this. And, and then when I go to talk to them, they're like super kind. And here I have all these terrible feelings toward this person because of the things I've imagined they may say that they never even said. But I have a little bit of issue in my heart with them now because I've imagined all the things they might be thinking. And they... Come on, I, three of us are laughing. You have done this. I am not the only one. Right? But where does that kind of worry come from? Control. If I can just, this is how it's going to go. If I can feel in control of the situation, here are all the different things that could happen, then I'll be fine. But we're never fine. The worry never stops. We've got to make a decision about who's in control. He's Lord or he's not Lord. Amen? He will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. Doesn't mean trouble doesn't come. It means when trouble comes, if your mind will stay on him, you're going to go through it in peace. That's beautiful. Apart from Jesus, there's nowhere to get that. He is the Prince of Peace. Amen? Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's beautiful. He's talking to people in persecution. These are people who have trouble. He's not saying, hey, if you do everything good, if you do it all right, You'll never have trouble, never have to be anxious. He's telling them not to be anxious because they have reason to be anxious. They have reason to be worried. They're in trouble. And he says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. I take my trouble to him. He's the one in control. I take my trouble to him. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How many of you have felt in this past week or two, you need a guard on your mind? Whether you're watching the news or whatever, it's just like, I'm not saying there's not good information too, I'm just saying people have gone a little bit crazy around us. You need a filter on your mind. Keep your mind stayed on him and he will guard your heart and mind. Because let me tell you, I think he gives us wisdom. When you're in trouble, you need to have a wise way to move forward. And he will give you wisdom. But if our mind stays on him, he can filter that information. What's useful, what's not useful. And let me just say, I think people have to make hard decisions right now. So we're not judging those things. Right? I have a pastor friends who they canceled their services uh, for different reasons. Okay, God's given them authority over that congregation. I'm not judging that. I really felt like we shouldn't. 
okay. You know, um, government leaders, you can think, well, I think they have motives, this and that. Probably, probably not all motives are pure right now among journalists and politicians and what have you. That's kind of a no-brainer, right? But as believers, read Romans 13. What's our role? We want to pray for those in authority over us. We want to help make their job easier. We want to be thankful for what they're doing on our behalf, whether it's what we would do or not, right? Our heart needs to remain in a good place where we are people of peace, especially toward people who may not know him yet. The last thing we would want, everyone's like, who's coughing? Um, the last thing. <laughs> it was Mary, she's marked, she's marked. <laughs> what a beautiful thing, whether we agree or not with government officials and with leaders, what a beautiful thing if they know, like, we're for you and praying for you. We're rooting for you. The worst that could happen is they see Christians as people who are mumbling and complaining and they can't do anything right in their eyes. Wouldn't that be a, that'd be a horrible thing? I don't have to agree with people to be for them and to be rooting for them. And the more we pray, guess what? The word says, the heart of the king is like water in the hand of God. He can move it this way, he can move it that way. Even people who don't know the Lord, who have authority over us, as we pray, what happens? They don't have to know him to get wisdom from him. And how beautiful if people who don't know Jesus yet, because the church is praying for those in authority over us, they begin to experience the presence of God in ways they never have. And they begin to realize they're getting wisdom from the Lord. And his presence becomes real to them. And they come to believe in him because of the trouble. That's a beautiful thing. Our hearts need to stay right in that. So be anxious for nothing. Finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. It gives us a long list because some situations you're like, I'm working to find something good. <laughs> I'm working. If you can find anything praiseworthy, keep your mind on that. Let that be what's coming out of your mouth. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. That's powerful stuff. So what's your hope anchored in? If it's anchored in a good economy, well, you can't control that. <laughs> right? If my hope and peace is anchored and people treating me well, well, you can't really control that either. My peace is anchored in the fact that my husband's going to be nice to me. He is. But I can't control him. You can't control other people's decisions. You can't. What is your peace anchored in? What's your hope anchored in? It has to be anchored in the faith 
that God has saved you, he has redeemed you, he has made you his own, he has adopted you as a child, you have full access to the Father, he has given you the kingdom without measure, and your life is going to matter because he has ordered your steps, even if those steps walk through trouble. That's where your faith has to be. So when you find yourself, we have missionaries who are right now quarantined in China, in Wuhan. Dear me. They could be saying like, God, I just want to follow you and serve you, and now I'm here, and this is so terrible. Or they could do what they're doing, which is finding ways to bless their neighbors. I just read a post from a missionary. She was trading some of her cranberries for some bread, I think, some stuff to make bread. And so she's meeting all these neighbors who wanted nothing to do with her as a missionary, but she has all this stuff from America. <laughs> um, and she's pretty well stockpiled because missionaries take over huge things with them. You know, if you, if you like some American things, you got to take it with you for like a four-year period. So she's got cupboards, a four years worth of stuff. So she's leveraging all of her dried fruit and her American chocolate and her for relationship. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> She's asking her neighbors, you want to come over for dinner in small batches because no more than like 10 can meet in their apartment complex, but they can't leave their apartment complex. They can't go buy anything. So she's having neighbors over in numbers less than 10, and they all want to come because the American has food. That's a beautiful thing. How is she able to do that? Because life isn't comfortable right now for her. How is she able to do that? She has perfect peace because her mind has stayed on him. You placed me here. And maybe for such a time as this trouble, you put me in Wuhan. So what are you doing? What steps have you ordered for me? How do I follow you in that? How many of us have neighbors who maybe don't want to go to the grocery store because they are immunodeficient? And we could do a grocery run for them and bless them. There's opportunity all around us right now just to, just to show people the beauty of Jesus, that he's so good. It's opportunity. Trouble is opportunity for Jesus to shine because people, everything people think is good that is shallow and based in nothing much more than perception begins to fall away in times of trouble. And what's actually good is stable and strong. And so Jesus is good. He's beautiful in times of trouble. He's our source for every single thing in your life, your hope, your peace, your finances. Your job is a resource. He is your source. You have to know that or you'll be fearful all the time. We're not gathering today because we feel like we have enough faith nobody will get coronavirus. I do think that can happen. We see times in history where the church, during times of plague, it was the Christians who stayed and ministered to the sick and the dying. That's who stayed throughout history. And miraculously, in terms of infection rate, it was kind of miraculous. So many of them didn't get sick who should have gotten sick. But it wasn't true for everybody. Some of those Christians died when they were ministering during the Black Plague and these kinds of things. Some of them did die. So our hope can't be in, God, if I do things your way, everything will be fine in terms of the world's outcomes. 
Our hope has to be in God, you've ordered my steps. And you know all things. And you have numbered my days. And so I can minister joyfully to people because I'm following you. Do you see what I'm saying? If our faith is in nothing bad will happen to anyone I know, nothing bad can happen to me, I think your faith then is in life being comfortable. Do you see what I'm saying? And that's going to be a fickle friend. Our faith is in the fact that we can live as believers and we will see the miraculous of God, but even if trouble comes in the midst of it, we know whose we are. And he is surprised by nothing. God miraculously delivered Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. He miraculously delivered him from death many, many times. One time he was actually stoned to death, that kind of stoned, and just in this current climate we have to clarify, um, but they stoned him, and what happened? God wasn't done with them. He got miraculously raised from the dead. This happened again and again and again, but guess what? In the end, Paul was beheaded. There was a point where it was time for him to die, and they beheaded him, even though he'd been delivered time and time and time again. If you look through histories and the great people in history, they see God do the miraculous, they also encounter great trouble. You're not doing it wrong if your life isn't trouble-free. You're doing it right if you're following him. You're doing it right if you're following him. And then in trouble, we look to him, and he leads us through it. If you would stand. Worship team, come on up. Actually, I don't know. What, let's do a, you actually don't need to come up. Let's do this. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's a 70s song, and they're all too young to know it. Um, <laughs> I just want to end simply today. I know we've pressed in. We've gotten prayer. If you still need prayer, man, any believer near you can pray for you. We love to pray for you. But I want to read this psalm and then sing um, the scripture that um, Denise read this morning from Isaiah. There's a 70s song. I see the Lord. He is high and lifted up. His train fills the temple. His train being like when a king would come in, the little thing that follows him, like, a, like you said, the wedding veil type stuff, the wedding train. The train of the king showed how high he was in the order, right? So people would have trains on their outfits. But when the king came in, his train was the longest, right? Because he's the greatest in the pile of great people. And Isaiah looks up and says, oh, I see the Lord. He's coming into the temple. And his train is filling it up. That's a powerful picture. The temple's huge. And his, the train symbolizing his greatness, like that he's greater than all things. Like it's not just a little bit longer than kings. He's looking and the train just keeps coming and coming and coming. His train fills the temple, and all the angels are crying, holy, holy is our God. That's a beautiful picture. We're going to sing it. I'm going to read this to you. Then we're going to sing, and that'll be our, our benediction for today. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. In him I will trust. Amen.
Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. None. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And that your hands they shall bear you up, in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Amen. So good. Okay. Those of you who are alive in the 70s. Oh, baby, you're so good. You're so good. Okay. Those of you who are older or just went to churches where lots of people were very old, you might know this song. Here we go. Here we go. Sing a cappella. I see the Lord. I see the Lord. He is high and lifted up. And his train fills the temple. He is high and lifted up. And his train fills the temple. The angels cry holy. The angels cry holy. The angels cry holy. That's all. One more time. Here we go. I see the Lord. I see the Lord. He is high and lifted up. And his train fills the temple. He is high and The angels cry holy, the angels cry holy, the angels cry holy is the Lord. Amen. Would you pray with me? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God bless you.